Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I hope everyone's keeping safe and well. I'm your host Scott and this week we have our first guest of 2021 with us and that is European junior medalist and up and coming British sprinter Matt Richards. So how are you doing Matt? Welcome to the show. Uh, hi everyone, I'm really good thank you. How are you mate? Yeah, I'm good. It's been a tough start to the year for everyone. Yeah. Um, so let's have a nice enjoyable podcast and kind of lift up some spirits because I mean most people are out of the water right now I know you're one of the very few who is lucky enough to be in the water Um, so let's let's keep the motivation high and yeah let's understand what an elite swimmer goes through right now during lockdown and then we'll slowly make our way on to talking about your new YouTube channel yeah absolutely sounds good so how is life in COVID right now for you uh, it's all right, to be fair. Um, I'm, as you said, I'm one of the lucky ones at the moment that's able to continue training um, pretty much as normal. So, you know, I've got some slight changes in terms of just different restrictions during training. So, you know, swimming at the opposite ends of, of the pool from people and, you know, just staying distant and having COVID tests every week and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's different, but it's a price that i think anybody at the moment will be more than happy to pay for being able to continue training so yeah um yeah so it's it's different in that respect but overall it's it's relatively normal if that makes sense so yeah i think it's it's quite i'm living in a bit of a, a bubble at the moment where life hasn't changed too much whereas for a lot of people it's changed massively does it make any difference on you like your day-to-day so going to the shops or anything like that do you have to be extra careful about like what time you go shopping to kind of avoid as many people as possible or is that something that isn't really taken into account too much yeah so um obviously we're we're all following the the guidelines set out by the government in general um so Mm. we're not making any unnecessary trips um so to be honest with you the only time that uh, me and my girlfriend leave our apartment is to do a food shop or to go training. Um, yeah. And when we do do our food shop, you know, obviously we're practically drowning in hand sanitizer um, <laughs> and just trying to avoid people as much as possible, really, just because, you know, it's, there are there are no sort of set out rules and regulations about when you can and can't go to the shops and things. But just being um, sensible. Yeah. If, if one of us was to bring back um, COVID into the center, that would be devastating for everybody that's there because it would knock out a lot of people so um it's i think it's just not only protecting ourselves but protecting the other people that we're able to train with at the moment and just trying to keep everybody as safe as possible really so yeah yeah i mean my my girlfriends are high risk so what i have to do is go to the shops what like 10 o'clock at night and just make yeah. sure it's as quiet as possible. So yeah. it's, it's that sort of thing. I mean, click and collect services for us right now are practically impossible to get hold of. Um, yeah, any delivery slots. So what about your training right now? Is that Has that taken any massive hits? Are you still getting the pool time that you, you kind of need to progress with your swimming right now? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So uh, the only real change to from a normal program uh, for us at the moment it's just that our afternoon sessions have been brought forwards by half an hour or so so all right okay it really is um like a like normal training for us at the moment it's just with those like i said those slight changes in you know swimming at different ends of the pool from each other and just making sure we're distant and wearing masks not when we're in the water obviously but um yeah yeah so you know this week gone i've just had 
a week where I've had the most volume of meters that I've ever had in my career. So okay. in terms of being able to sort of keep stepping on with training and things is we're able to continue doing that at the moment, which mm. is really fortunate and very lucky. And I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for that opportunity and I'm well aware of how, um, how sort of few and far between those opportunities are coming up for people at the moment. Yeah. So you're in the ITC at Bath, aren't you? So how many, yeah. how many elite swimmers are there with you in that squad that are able to train right now? Yeah. So normally, uh, there's two squads here. Um, one with my coach, uh, one with my coach, sorry, Joel Fink. Yeah. Uh, and one with the other coach, Dave McNulty. And so those two squads, there's eight swimmers in each of them. Okay. Um, but there's another squad at the moment that is basically sort of a branch of the national center to allow other people on the world-class program to continue training. Okay. Um, but because we can't have more than eight people per squad because of, you know, social distancing and mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to fit people in that's had to become another squad. So I think in total at the moment, I think there can't be any more than 22 people training at Bath for, uh, the British swimming. So it's, it's a small group of people, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's big enough that there's room for it to, to grow as and when people are able to get back in the water here. So, yeah, you think 20, 20 odd swimmers for a 50 meter pool isn't really, that's, that's not a big number. I mean, when no. I used to go on training camps, we used to have 40 people to four lanes in a 50 meter yeah. pool and stuff like that. Yeah. So Bath uni can't be making a massive amount of money off you guys opening the pool right now. So, mm. I guess it's it's British swimming saying, look, we are still going to fund you. We are still going to support you. And this is the way we have to do it. And if it does. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, so I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of how the agreement is with, with Bath Uni, but, um, you know, as you said, I think British swimming are, are sort of the ones that are pushing it and keeping us in the water at the moment. So mm. I think we've got to be very grateful to them for being able to, to do that for us yeah definitely i know um in the media right now there's a bit of outcry about why elite sport is able to go ahead when the rest of us are shut down but um Mm. i think that's more based towards footballers and the fact that they are they're the most publicized sport out there and they are the ones breaking all of the lockdown rules if elite sport was to close down it isn't just the footballers who take the hit it is people like yourselves who are just 20 people in an Olympic size swimming pool, socially yeah, distanced. You, you've basically put your life on pause to carry on with this. It is yeah. you guys who are going to take the hit rather than the footballers. They'll be fine. Yeah. It's, and I, I mean, it's, it's really difficult um, because as you said, there is a lot of negative press about it at the moment with, mm. as you said, a lot of a large part of it coming from the footballers. But um, I think elite sport as a whole, excluding football, you know, if you look at the Olympic sports, the people that are still allowed to train at the moment within the Olympic sports, I'd be willing to bet 99% of them will all be following the rules, you know, exactly yeah. how they're set out, whether that's when they've got people watching them or when nobody's watching them. I think 99% of people will be following the rules to a T and doing everything they can. Mm. Um, and so, as you said, it's really difficult because... I think the Olympic sports being lumped in with a sport like football is almost unfair on yeah. the, the people that are sticking to it because, and don't get me wrong, there'll be a lot of footballers that are sticking to the rules as well. Um, but the ones that aren't, I don't think are taken into consideration how many people will be affected by them breaking rules. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it would take a, it would be a huge impact if elite sport can't continue to train um, on the run up to the Olympics. When we then all go to the Olympics, you know, providing it goes ahead, um, Team GB won't perform as well as they should do because other countries are still able to continue training. And if Team GB doesn't continue uh, to perform in a in a manner that UK sport will consider a high enough level. Um, then all of the sports across the country will begin losing their funding. And that doesn't just affect the elite sports people, then that affects, you know, for swimming, for example, if British swimming start losing funding from UK sport because they didn't perform well enough at the Olympics, that then goes all the way down the chain. And so you learn to swim programs will then mm, yeah. lose funding and then they miss out. And then the next level up from that, your club programs, they'll then miss out. Then you've got your elite squads, they'll miss out. And then you've got your elite athletes at the very top they'll miss out as well and it's not just it's just a bit of a snowball isn't it yeah exactly so i think that's what people don't understand is that um it's not just about the footballers and yeah they were to stop elite sport training and the olympic like we don't then perform as well at the olympics as we should do it will affect a lot more people than just the people that go to the olympics and that are at that level if you understand what i mean yeah definitely yeah I mean, all you have yeah. to do is look at ISL and the fact that you were there for six, seven weeks and there was not a single positive test in camp. Yep. That just shows how seriously swimmers take it. I, I'll mm. put that as the kind of the marker because that's that's what we have. Um, yeah. And and you guys are a breed of athlete that kind of live and die on funding. And that is important yeah. to you, whereas different sports like football, they, they don't really rely on funding. They get a massive wage per week. Yeah. Um, does the lack of funding maybe after Tokyo and the hit that probably every sport is going to take after coronavirus, does that concern you at all? Are you looking for new avenues to kind of help yourself when you are moving forward with your training, help fund it? Yeah, so um, it's difficult. It's a difficult one. So personally... Um, you know, I've got a lot of different plans and ideas and things, um, for ways that I can use my sport to be able to help me financially as I continue throughout my career. So, yeah. uh, some of those I'm already putting into place. Others are plans that are, will hopefully come into place later down the line. But, um, I think for the sport as a whole, as long as we can continue to stay in the water for like in terms of British swimming, if we're able to continue training and staying in the water, Mm. um, you know, I, I don't see why there would be too big of a hit sort of from a funding perspective. Cause I think, um, British swimming as a whole are doing a very good job of keeping everyone in the water at the moment and keeping the elite athletes that will then hopefully go to the Olympics and perform there, keeping them at the top of their game. And I think if we can all then deliver at the Olympics, we should, we should be fine in terms of funding that that shouldn't take too much of a hit. Um, But yeah, I think personally I am conscious that swimming isn't a sport where you're going to get paid 200,000 pounds a week, like you do in football. Mm. Um, You know, it's, it's very different to that. There's yeah, there's like, uh, it's a whole different world basically. Um, And so, you know, throughout my career, I hope to be able to put myself in a position where, um, I'm not having to worry about money because I think that added stress of worrying about money uh, can take a big effect on certain swimmers. Mm. And I don't, you know, I've heard of that from, from friends of mine and things, and I don't want to put myself in that position. Um, And I'm not saying people do put themselves in that position, but I don't like, I want to do everything I can to avoid that basically. Yeah. 
I mean, you've you've come into kind of the elite level of the sport just at the right time as ISL seems to be taking off. So hopefully that becomes yeah. a nice kind of income stream to keep you going year on year. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you are predominantly a sprint swimmer. So from my experience, sprint swimming, it kind of, the peak is a lot later on than other events because mm. you need that kind of grown man strength to really compete at the highest level. You look at the winners yeah. of the 100 meter free, the 50 free, they are, with the odd exception, a lot of them are kind of mid-20s and older. So yeah. you do have to look at funding your career a little bit further along down the line to get to that yeah. elite, to right at the top of that game. Um, and with sprint swimming in mind, there's not so many meets that are going to be happening this year for you to be able to get race ready. Because that, that that's the important part with sprint swimming. You need to have yeah. a lot of races before the Olympics, before trials. Is that yep. something that's on your mind? Uh, are you looking at doing kind of club meets at Bath and stuff like that to keep you fresh? Uh, yeah, so there's there's different routes and avenues that um, we're planning on taking and that British swimming are trying to put into place. So um, personally, I'm I'm of the mindset at the moment that as and when the opportunity comes up to race again, I just want to make sure that I've done everything I can from where I am here and now to put myself in a, in a strong position to perform well when I race, whenever that might be. So okay. um, if British swimming turn around tomorrow and go, Hey Matt, on Monday morning, we're doing Olympic trials. Obviously that's not going to happen, <laughs> but if they did, um, I'd want to make sure that I'm in a position to deliver at my utmost of, ability whenever that happens to be okay um, so is it a day-to-day push of making yourself ready basically rather than looking at that long-term goal right now i think at the moment it's just it's difficult to have a mindset where you're planning for a certain time on a certain day to perform i mm. think you like because you never know when that's going to be at the moment because you could you know we know there's a time and a date for champs to be scheduled in at the moment yeah um but if we get to a week before champs and for reasons completely out of control of, of British swimming in UK sport, that has to then be cancelled or postponed. Um, I wouldn't want to be in a position where psychologically that hits me really hard. I'd want to be in a position where I get that news and go, oh, that's really annoying. Let's get back in training and get ready for whenever champs is going to go ahead. Or if it doesn't go ahead, get ready for whenever the next thing is going to be if that makes sense yeah 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 does that mean training for you and your coach right now is more about making the training enjoyable rather than having like a block of suffering kind of say you're because there's no long-term goal each day has to be enjoyable to keep you going is that yeah um not so much no so okay it's it's not really that um like the long-term goals are still there. So yeah. my goals and my plans for the Olympics are there, you know, they're written down there in black and white. We know what they are. We've got a plan to get there. Um, yeah. And likewise for champs, we've got goals for champs. We know what, what we want to do and how we want to do it. Um, but it's more so just not having that as the be all and end all in my mindset at the moment. So yeah. um, we're gearing up and doing everything we can um, planning for champs to go ahead. Um, but psychologically, um, I'm trying to avoid having that in my head as the sort of, like I said, the be all and end all. Cause if it then doesn't go ahead or it's postponed, yeah, I want to be able to just click my fingers and go straight in back into the next block ready, ready for whenever the next race is going to be. So 
though the goals and the plans and things there they don't change it's just i think the mindset of um planning for a certain time uh is is what's changed so i've i've got it's almost like writing the plans down but penciling them in rather than yeah. writing them down in indefinite because at the moment we never know what when the next race is going to be yeah um, having that flexible so, mindset kind of puts you exactly. at ease a bit more yeah. So there's there's no cliche countdown clock to Tokyo on the wall at Bath Training Center trying to remind you that it's coming up. Uh, you you say that, but there is a countdown <laughs> every session for uh, how many days till Tokyo. So right, okay, we are still planning it. We're we're still we've still got that all in in our heads. It's just um, in the corner of your eye. So yeah, I think it's more so just sort of um, planning for these events to go ahead, just not planning for the date. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got you. I've got you. Okay. So along with swimming right now, you have also kickstarted your YouTube and a vlog, yes. which kind of really interested me because I love seeing the elite swimming vlogs. I love seeing how they train. Um, I mean, there's Cody Miller's out there, which is one of the best on YouTube. Mm. I think Adam Peaty started one as well. Um, So it's really great to see another British swimmer kind of giving the insight into the younger generation of how you're training, how you're living right now. How did this YouTube channel come about? Yeah, so personally, over the years, I've always loved watching YouTube videos. Um, I've loved watching films, watching series. Um, I, I just enjoy... So watching a story, I enjoy yeah. seeing seeing something that I haven't seen before. Um, it's a very always, different space, isn't it, compared to TV? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always found that really like fascinating. And so, for years and years now, I've always thought to myself, like, oh, one day I want to start a YouTube channel um, and create my own content and things. But then I've always put it off. Okay. Um, and I've always put it off for different reasons, but the the real reason why I've put it off is because I've always been too scared of what people would say uh, yeah. and what people would think. And I think as a youngster, when you're still in school and stuff, it's difficult to put yourself out there and do that kind of thing. Cause you, you do worry a lot more about p- what people are going to think. Yeah. Um, I got you. But then as I've got a bit older, so obviously I left home this year and moved out and things. And um, I think I grew up a little bit as a person. I sort of settled into my own skin. I'm more ha- like just more comfortable. More, yeah. Yeah, comfortable with with me me and other people knowing who I am, if that makes sense. And so I was like, well, do you know what? I might as well just start the channel. Um, hopefully, people would in- enjoy watching my channel as much as I enjoy making making content and things. Yeah. Um, but the real reason why I'm doing it is purely just because I really enjoy making videos. Um, and if people can then sort of be a part of that journey and enjoy watching it at the same time. That's fantastic. Um, by the same token, if nobody was watching my videos, I'd still be making them just because they're really fun to do. Um, so that that's the real reason. And, you know, going forwards, I'm hoping that it will grow a little bit and, and start to pick up a bit of traction. But, I mean, it's already yeah, like growing said, quite fast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm hoping that it will continue on that path. But, you know, if it sort of dropped off and, and didn't really go anywhere, I'd be happy just making my videos and and going about my life you know yeah it's a nice little outlet away from swimming a distraction even though it is kind of based around swimming slightly it does 
obviously I'm the editor for Propulsion Swimming. So when you get your head into the zone of editing, the whole world yeah. just seems to like blur around you and suddenly yeah. you've lost the whole evening. And <laughs> I don't know, you, um, you get to that final outcome and it's the sense of achievement after every video of that upload button. Every time you put it up, you're, it's something that you're yep. proud of. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And it, I don't know. It's all, it's almost something that you feel really happy and you can celebrate about yourself that you can do this. Even if no exactly. one's watching it, you can watch that video back and be like, well, I enjoyed doing that. Let's make another one like yeah. it. And that, that's another thing, you know, like in, in the future, um, I'd love to be able to, you know, hopefully one day I'll have, you know, a family of my own. I have kids, grandkids and things. And I'd love to be able to then show, my grandkids or my kids and be like, Hey, when I was your age, <laughs> look at this. this. Is what I was up to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's um, like, um, kind of like a video diary for everyone to exactly, see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just, and as you said, it, it's, it's a really nice outlet for me because swimming as everybody that's listening to this is going to know is a really grueling and hard sport. Definitely. Um, yeah. It takes a lot out of you and it is a lot of the time it's your life, you know, it's, everything revolves around swimming and you like, that's just, it's your life as i said um mm. and so it's nice to have uh sort of a creative outlet that i can just be myself and enjoy almost sort of expressing myself into a different form yeah. um that takes me away from that constant mindset of uh performance but without that outlet having a negative effect on my performance if that makes sense yeah i mean i watched your video last week which was yeah what was it, what to do during lockdown. And it was kind of like a comedy skit. Yeah, um, exactly. And it wasn't, in all honesty, it wasn't related to swimming at all. So no, it, no not slightly. <laughs> is, there, is there a plan to keep it as separate as possible from swimming? Or are you, a, are you even allowed to have a GoPro on the side of training? Or do your co does your coach say that's too distracting? Let's just keep this as kind of your home time thing a bit of fun when you're away from the pool but when you're training i want you focused is it a conversation you've had or is it a bit too early along on that path right now yeah so it's it's not a conversation i've had um it's something i've thought a lot about okay um and i i you know when i started the channel i was like what are people going to want to watch um and let's be honest the people that follow me on instagram are the most likely ones that are going to then come across and watch my youtube videos yeah um and the people that follow me on Instagram are going to follow me because of swimming. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, people are most likely going to want to watch my videos that are about swimming. Um, however, the reason why I'm, I'm doing the channel is as an outlet from swimming. Mm. Um, and as something that I can creatively sort of escape swimming and do that in a way that's not going to negatively affect my performance. Like I said, so I, I thought about it and I was like, would it probably do better if it was all about swimming? Yes. Um, but if I was bringing a camera to training every day and recording stuff at the pool all the time, I personally feel like that would detract from the reason why I go there. Okay. Um, yeah. And the reason why I go there is to get stuff done. If that makes sense. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah. I love swimming. I love, um, I love what I do. Um, but when I'm there to train or I'm there to compete, I'm, I'm there to do a job and that, that job is to perform as best as I can. Um, and so I wouldn't want to detract from that mindset uh, by being in a, a sort of creative mindset, if that makes sense. I'd, I'd rather yeah. leave that as something I do outside of the pool um, as a bit of fun and then just sort of have the two run parallel to each other. So yeah. 
that's sort of the way I'm planning on doing it. And that doesn't mean that sometimes uh, I won't bring the camera to the pool because sometimes I will and I'll do vlogs and, and silly things around the pool every now and again. But yeah, I think uh, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, it had a nice crossover of when you're in ISL. It was kind of just around the hotel and you yeah. saw you training at that pool. I mean, yeah, even absolutely. though we didn't see you racing or the training itself, you kind of got a feel for the environment that you're living in and stuff like that. And exactly, that's that's yeah. the insight that people like to see. It doesn't have to be the training. I mean, yeah, a, I lot of, a lot of Cody Miller's vlogs, when you look back at them, they are, mm. a lot of the time it's at his house. They're not, mm. he just has little snapshots at the pool. And when he is at the pool with the camera, I do worry about how distracting that is. I mean, taking yeah. a GoPro along a kick, kick set and stuff like that. Um, I think you have to be have a very flexible mindset and be able to switch very quickly between the two. So maybe it's something exactly, that will yeah. come with practice for you. But, yeah. I mean, from day one, it's probably... It would take a lot of persuading if I uh, ever said to my coach, by the way, I'm going to film this session. <laughs> How would you yeah. feel about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know. Um, I don't have any problem at all with, with other people you know, want, wanting to take their cameras along to sessions. And even if people were daily vlogging their, their training and their competing, that is absolutely fine. Like I could, could not care less what other people want to do. Um, yeah. You know, what they want to do is up to them. But personally, I just felt like, um, you know, my main goal uh, and the thing I love the most is swimming. Yeah. And so the last thing I'd want to do was, w- would be to, to take away from that goal in any way. Um, and so that, that's why really I just, it's something it's sort of something separate it's like like you said it's a way to sort of express myself and give people an insight into what my life is like away from the pool because when it comes to stuff like the olympics and things everybody's going to see on the tv what the olympic village looks like what the pool looks like Mm. where we're training all that kind of stuff everyone's going to see that stuff anyway um but what people won't see is maybe you know what a game night looks like in the the athletes village with a few of of the lads or what you know just the silly little things that people don't see very often um, yeah and it, it kind of reminds people we're human if that makes sense yeah and your personality comes a- across a lot more away from swimming yeah. basically because you are so yeah, focused exactly. when you're in the pool nice so maybe down the line it could become a nice way to monetize the channel maybe a bit of funding for you but like you said it is just enjoyment right now it's, it's yeah as that. exactly um and you know i'd I'd be lying if I told you I hadn't thought about that um, because, you know, obviously you look at the, the best YouTubers in the world and they're earning ridiculous money. Yeah, I think, I think anyone who's creating videos on YouTube thinks about that and just like, oh, yeah. could I get to that? But at the yeah, same time, if that's not the, the main goal. Yeah, if that's your day, sole focus, a, you'll kind of yeah. you'll lose interest when you don't get the views for one month or something like that. Exactly. It, it suddenly becomes a lot harder when it is all about the money. So it's yeah, kind of, I think it's the same principle as something I've always been taught within swimming about trusting the process and enjoying yeah. the process. Okay. Uh, and so that that's in swimming. That's a case of, you know, falling in love with training and enjoying being at training, enjoying trying to get better every day in training. Mm. Um, so then when it comes to a competition, you can enjoy competition knowing that you've done the work you needed in training. And I think mm. it's the same principle with YouTube is that, I've just got to enjoy making the videos, which is what I'm doing. Um, Enjoy filming them, enjoy enjoy editing them, enjoy seeing what people think of them. And then if at some point a video blew up and all of a sudden I had a load of subscribers, that's great and I can enjoy that. 
but the fundamental sort of building blocks for that would just be to enjoy enjoy the, the process journey, of yeah. making the videos yeah great stuff well i hope everyone's stayed switched on through that youtube talk obviously it's kind of clear that both me and matt are kind of youtube geeks we <laughs> i've been watching youtube videos for years i prefer yeah. watching youtube to tv um you see Same. a lot you see a lot more personality and i'm i'm so glad that you're on there because the increased exposure more kids are watching youtube now than they're watching tv so it's good mm. to see current swimmers really expressing themselves on there because hopefully that can then inspire a future generation of swimmers absolutely in a more unconventional way than traditional media outlets kind of portray it's exactly it's yeah. kind of why we started propulsion swimming if I'm, if I'm honest we wanted more people to get exposed to swimming rather than bbc sport and sky sports and stuff like that because we yeah. thought youtube was a more accessible market to everyone i think it is you know youtube youtube is free to anybody um yeah. you know yes the bbc sport and things that's free to everybody as well but you know you've got to pay a tv license and all that kind of stuff but you know nowadays almost everybody has a phone in their pocket where they can access mm. youtube yeah um and if you want to watch a five minute video on youtube there's loads of five minute videos you <laughs> there's watch. tons if you've got, yeah yeah if you've got an hour long you know if you've got an hour of time you could decide all right well i'm going to watch an hour long podcast or i might watch three 20 minute videos or whatever it's a lot more flexible for people to watch what yeah, they whatever they want to watch i think so okay matt well it's been amazing having you on the show. Um, we've really enjoyed learning about what lockdown life is like for an elite swimmer. I know probably it's not talked about enough, so it is interesting to see how you're living, how you're training. And we really hope that your YouTube channel takes off because we were, well, I am definitely paying attention to it. I'm watching you every week. I've got that notification bell on. And Thank you very much. I hope all of our listeners to our podcast will go check out Matt's channel. Go subscribe. I will leave the link in the description of this podcast for everyone to go check it out. Um, Thank you very much. But for now, I guess all that is left for me to say is good luck for Tokyo if it happens. But good luck in basically your day-to-day -day training right now. And keep, yeah, thank keep you pushing much. forward. Really it, it. It's a really refreshing mindset that you have. And I'm, I'm glad that you do have it. Mm. No, absolutely. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you on this. Hopefully we could uh, do it again at some point. Yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe we work out a collaboration video and have a bit of fun with it. Yep. No, it sounds good to me. Great awesome. stuff. Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast on YouTube and all of your other podcast providers. I am Scott, and I will see you next week for another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast.